Jessica Mike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jesswitz from RagBrite. This is the podcast where we talk about bicycling just for the fun of it. There's going to be tales from all over this great state. And uh, come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. All right. Another week, another week <laughs> below zero in the state of Iowa and surrounding the states. The best of times, the worst of times. Yeah. Uh, the, the good news is I, I commuted by bike yesterday. Um, the bad news is... I think that was not a smart idea. Gosh, it's icy. Oh, it's not fun it, commuting uh, in any mode of transportation, but I can't even imagine on a bike. Yeah, you know, I took my fat bike, and for the most part, most of the route was cleared. But if there was a place that hadn't been touched by a shovel, it was just a smooth uh, sheet of ice mm. that uh, uh, wasn't going to be pleasant. So that... <laughs> that was a little concerning. So I, I ended up driving today uh, for that reason. We just need a couple above freezing days to get rid of some of the stuff. And it doesn't look like it's in the near future. Yeah. <laughs> that's, well, that's okay. Um, that's why we live here. I got, enough, hmm. I got enough stuff keeping me busy right now. Okay. What's going on over there in the Iowa Bike Coalition world? Oh, man. It is uh, – <clears throat> so – in, in the legislative season, if you will, um, there's a thing called the funnel date, which is coming up next week. In fact, next Thursday, uh, when they end, uh, end their day at the legislature, that is the one day that all the subcommittee meetings have to happen on bills. So this week tends to be kind of a week of fireworks, uh, if you will. So you know, the legislators finally decide they need to do their jobs. And that means some of these bills that they've been kind of thinking about need to actually have some action happening and they need to either pass it or not pass it. If your bill doesn't pass a subcommittee and committee, it is dead. Um, and so we've had a couple weird things that have come up this week. Uh, the first one, um, we haven't sent an action alert on the first one because I think it would freak people out and it's, it's a little more innocuous than what it sounds. Um, basically it says, uh, if bicycles are passed by farm machinery, you need to give way to the right and not increase your speed. And I think people would freak out about the give way to your right. Now it's important when you hear that to remember that it's just like passing another vehicle in your car. Mm -hmm. You have to give way to the right. Well, which means you just can't move over to the left and block them. It doesn't mean you have to pull over and get on the shoulder or anything like that. That would be dangerous. Um, the scenario that they're really trying to prevent is that, uh, you know, tractors come along and decides to pass you going up a hill because the bike's not traveling as fast up the hill. You both reach the crest of the hill at the same time, and then the bike's going to speed up as it goes down the hill. Um, and so then you get this scenario where you're just drag racing side by side. Mm -hmm. Um, and so on its surface, we're like, yeah, that sounds fine, but this is already in the Iowa code. Vehicles have to give way to the right and, and not increase their speed when they're passed by other vehicles. Anyhow, farm machinery fall into that category. So I'm not exactly sure what they're trying to accomplish hmm. uh, with this bill. So they're going to, they're going to do some more research they, they advanced it through subcommittee. If it's already in the code, then we're fine. And things are going to be just the way they are. Um, if it's not in the code, if they somehow discover that this is some special aberrancy, I don't still don't see a lot of problems that bikes and farm machinery pass each other the way other vehicles do. However, I do see that we should probably be addressing that with all vehicles passing farm machinery, not just bikes. Sure. So that's kind of where that one is. That's the easy one. What do you think there? That, so I'm not very knowledgeable on that subject. I've been passed many times by tractors on the up uphill, and you know yeah. what? They scared the bejesus out of me, um, <laughs> especially when the 13-year-old yeah, is driving it. Yeah, it's just common sense. In fact, you're lucky if a 13-year-old's driving it anymore. Those tractors, those tractors tend to drive themselves. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on there, but. Anyhow. But the nice thing that that I will say is when you are riding in rural stretches, 
They're extremely wonderful people. And, um, you know, they wave to you. And, and you know, I mean, yeah. I don't think it's adversarial at all. I think it's just the language is probably just, you know, precautionary. So, um, but yeah. I've had good yeah. experiences in the rural stretches for sure. Yeah. No, I think this one's just fine. I don't, I don't see any red flags. That way, that's why we didn't get people all riled up on this one. However, hmm. the next bill that came out that 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 day actually um, two bills um, is one that we need to get riled up on. Basically, uh, a bill got filed that would prevent county conservation boards and some other entities. Uh, from spending any money on land acquisition for parks, trails, or anything like that, you can can you continue to maintain maintain the trails and enhance them, but this law would basically shut down any further trail expansion in the state of Iowa. Wow. Um, huh. Yes. So that <laughs> that trail that goes uh, halfway between Perry and Woodward, uh, it would have to stop. Um, hmm. it wouldn't, wouldn't be able to continue because they wouldn't be able to, to purchase any more land to run that trail. Um, it also would prevent people if they wanted to donate their farm, so to speak, um, from receiving a conservation tax credit and actually making the donation because in order to donate it and make it a park, um, you would also have to donate an equivalent amount of money, uh, to maintain that area for 10 years. Hmm. Um, so it would virtually just shut things down as far as land conservation, um, and, uh, and trail development. Um, so we are asking people and we're part of a big coalition on this one. Uh, but our groups are going out and asking people to come to the legislature, to the state Capitol on Monday. There's a subcommittee meeting at 1030 and at 1230. If you can't do that, if you can't show up in person, um, there's an email link on our website, um, or check out our Facebook right now. That's where all the links are. And uh, take action and email your legislator and tell them to oppose these. Wow. Um, it's pretty easy to do. Our website's just set up where you, all you have to do is type in your name and address, and it will figure out which legislator is yours. It'll produce an email that you can edit, and then click send, and it's ready to go. Wow. So I'm I'm curious of how does something like this? I mean, is there just a, a trail hater out there, or is, I mean, is there a pet project they're looking to put funds to, or I mean, what's the background on this, Mark? You know, I don't really know. I wish I knew more about that. It's uh, it's a marketplace of ideas up there. So anybody that you know throws out an idea like this, um, yeah, who knows? They'll have their reasons, and I'm sure they'll probably present that of what the reasons are, you know, maybe it's preservation of agricultural land. They want to keep it in ag hands. Uh, maybe they don't like, uh, trails and parks and things like that. Um, but in this state, we, uh, we're pretty low on places for outdoor recreation. We're one mm -hmm. of the least, um, outdoor recreation, at least as far as the amount of public lands concerned, mm -hmm like 47th because you know most of our land's been tilled and in crop sure. acres and uh uh we need to continue to expand opportunities to keep iowa uh competitive as far as jobs and, and uh recreation and tourism and there's just so many factors that this is going to be bad bad for and and people this one needs to be taken seriously we're, we're really concerned that this could do some damage well, that would not be a good one to see us get past. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully, smart, smarter folks will, you know, uh, point out that this isn't a good progressive move for for the state of Iowa. And uh, we're, yeah. we're, I, I think we do a really great job as far as trail development and um, what the opportunities we have here in, in the state of Iowa are just just tremendous in my mind. And we've been to plenty other, especially you know, states with our population or our uh, you know, the, the trails here are just really, really good. And we're fortunate and I hate to see them take, take that wrong turn or make a U-turn and start going backwards. Yeah. Hmm. Yikes. Yeah. So yeah, our work's cut out for us. You know, we get the weekend to make sure that people get messages in and, and, uh, uh, 
if it gets through committee or subcommittee, then it moves on to committee, which is going to happen mm. next week also. So there's some some huge concerns and a lot of work that we're going to have to do, uh, not only showing up Monday, but uh, possibly uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. It depends on what happens. So mm. cross your fingers that this will just be quickly over with on Monday. Okay. Uh, but don't don't take it for granted. Email your legislators. Okay. Is that it? Just two two pretty big ones there, Mark. I mean, that seems like yeah, a lot. Yeah, two, two, two that we're focused on. We're still hoping there's a third change lanes to pass bill out there, but uh, nothing so far. Yeah. So maybe next week we'll see hmm. something. But until then, hmm. we're crossing our fingers. So we've got a, a few things coming up. First of all, I, I want to point out um, – Going over to the well tonight for the state championship girls basketball three A North Pole Comets yeah. are in the state championship and uh, they've they've uh, you know won two games so far here in the big city and tonight they will will face CPU if you know what CPU is I think it's Center Point Urbana but it could be could be yeah. something different but um, they they will face off tonight at eight o'clock and I'm real excited. As I mentioned, my daughter's a cheerleader um, on there. She's a freshman, and um, it's just been a, been a lot of fun watching this uh, this team uh, progress along the way. And now they're at the they're at the the final rung of the ladder, and let's see if they hey. will reach the top. So um, we're real excited. Cool. It's been it's been a fun ride, and got to watch a lot of uh, girls basketball last uh, this last year, but just even some of the other teams that were competing and. Just a, they do a great job. The Iowa High School Girls Athletic Association they do such a such a great job of of providing that amazing opportunity uh, for these young ladies uh, and and of course young men. But um, just just the activity the last couple of weeks between wrestling and and basketball and just lots of great things going on here in here in our state. So um, real excited about that. <clears throat> Other things coming up. Um, we have all the towns coming into Des Moines for a big meeting. We have probably about 200 leaders of all the overnight towns that will come in um, on next Thursday for one big powwow. And basically we hear, hear last year's towns kind of give them advice about what they've seen firsthand. So so that, that one really sets the tone of, you know, where, where towns are progressing nicely. It's just a great educational opportunity here. Kind of the good, the bad, the ugly from last year's towns of what, mm-hmm. what they saw was, you know, really positive with Ragbri and things that they might want to replicate. So, and then that next weekend, um, just saw something I'm going to be over at Bike World because we will be helping John Karras celebrate his 89th, okay. 89th birthday. So wow. happy birthday, John! Grandpa Ragbri celebrates eighty nine coming up next weekend, and uh, we're going to be doing a, a little fundraising activity for the for the Karis Call statue that's going up in over at Waterworks Park, and you know just real excited about all those things happening. We've had some just amazing interactions with teams of about you know supporting this this project and. Lots of good information coming out uh, in the near future about some of those teams that have been contributing, and it's been just uh, cool. been a lot of fun to talk to people about what Rag Prize meant to them, and uh, just to to thank John. Um, you know, John, you you still see John at on Rag Prize, and it's just uh, amazing. Uh, Eighty nine years old, he's 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 hung up the the bicycle at this point, but. Uh, he just loves visiting with people, and uh, it's a good opportunity yeah. to get out and say hello to John um, next cool. Saturday. I think it's March 9th, if I'm not mistaken. So, is is his bike over at the historical museum still? I believe it is. I'll have to yeah. go. Down. I haven't been over there in a little while, and um, you know we've got a couple of friends, Leo Landis, uh, Jess Rutledge, that has you know worked on that project uh, from the ground up, but um, just just really. Super people over there that um, you know we we worked with them to get that get that up and running and what a just a tremendous promotional plug for for rag in the state of Iowa. Yeah, yeah. Hey, speaking of Jess Runlet, I got a pair. I bought a pair of uh, the Bike Iowa Pogie lights. Have you heard yeah, about these? I was at the draft meeting when oh, Scott yeah. Sumter was talking about Pogie lights. Yeah. yeah. So. 
if you're not familiar, pogies are kind of hand warmers that go on your handlebars mm-hmm. and, and originally made for like snowmobiling and ATVs and things like that, but they've been adapted. Now, Scott and Jess have come up with just kind of this brilliant idea of making a lighter version of what's out there. Now, we've we've worked with like Ward uh, from Bar Mitz for a long time. Uh, that, that tends to have a lot of the market share of these big, thick neoprene ones, but Scott wanted something that was a little more lightweight and a little more adaptable. So I bought myself a pair mm-hmm. and uh, threw them on my bike yesterday. Now, it was 10 degrees out yesterday, and I can honestly say my uh, hands were not cold. Um, I don't know if it was perfect for me. Um, I had a little trouble getting the sleeves of my jacket into them. Mm. But otherwise, I mean, it it filled the function of no cold hands. Um, The other thing that I think are going to be kind of cool, so uh, Jennifer gets really cold hands. And so we kind of bought these to share, um, you know, an event like pigtails, where it Mm -hmm. can sometimes be cold in the morning. Um, These pokey lights are are kind of awesome because you can throw them on the handlebars of of your drop bar bike. And then when it warms up by the afternoon... You can throw them in your pocket of your jersey and, and not have them oh, on there perfect. anymore. So, nice option. Yeah. Um, you know, really lightweight and and adaptable. So, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, it seems like a lot going on. Some innovation. Yeah. Um, some legislation. Um, yeah. Some fun. All kinds of different things going on. So, um, any, any other news from the Iowa Bike Coalition world there? I don't think so. I know, you know, we're just uh, marketing some of the events that are coming up, uh, Pigtails and Big Coon and Big Rove Ride. Yeah. Um, so if you get a chance, check out some of the information on that. Uh, you know, also kind of doing a membership drive. We'll talk more about that after we get some of this legislation out of the week next wow. week. And then uh, then we'll be working on kind of some membership issues of getting people to Expand our voice a little bit. Speak with a louder voice yeah. for bicycling in the state. And those events are all packaged as the RAGBRAI training series. And so right. if, you, if you register for, you know, a couple of them at a time, actually save a few bones. So not a bad thing. You might want to check that out under mm-hmm. RAGBRAI training series. So if you, for example, did pigtails and big rove, you'd, you'd save a few dollars on, on the registration. So it's a good thing. Check it out. Um, you need to get those training miles. There's no substitute. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no substitute for saddle time. So, so. And, and to do the Reg Bright Training Series, all you got to do is go to any one of the websites, Big Rove, Big Tails, or Bay Coon, and right under the part where you register, you go right underneath there and you can register for all the events or some of the events mm-hmm. uh, together on any of those websites. So it makes it really easy to, uh, uh, to kind of step up to to register for multiple events and get a discount. And if you do all three, do you get like a piece of pie or anything like that, Mark? You know, we haven't quite decided what the uh, what the big uh, prize would be if you get them all three in, but there are a lot of people that are doing all oh, three, good. which is pretty cool. Very good. Well, we won't be. We'll be working some of them, but we, we still get to ride some of them. So we're, we're happy we'll about be, that. We'll be at all three. Yes, no we, doubt. exactly. We will be at all three. So uh, just some other things. People are asking a lot about when does the full route come out. And I can tell you right now, I think green, St. Patrick's Day, we will actually start putting the entire route out. Well, we'll put Sunday's route out on Sunday the 17th. And then Monday's right on Monday, et cetera, all the way until we hit that next Saturday. So so pretty much from March 17th on, you'll start learning the pass-through towns. Now, what we started off with a route, it's definitely changed some. We've uh, had some pretty tough, um, you know, we got some construction projects going on, and this winter mm-hmm. has been a little harsh. So to try to even look at a road has been a bit of a challenge, is the words yeah. that I'll use. So, but we'll get there. We will get yeah. there. So we're good. So I, I think AKA Murph's got an interview. I don't. I don't even know. I mean, it could just be us talking today. But I think Murph's got an interview. Um, I don't think we have a pair talk this week, but I do believe that AKA's got another spectacular interview. What do you think? I know she does because when I walked in this morning, I loudly said good morning and everybody went, shh. Oh, okay. Because she was, uh, 
So if you hear that in the background, if it doesn't get edited out, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Was there a four-letter word skewed at you, like or anything? Like, shut up. No, you. no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't throw a swear word in okay. there at all. But I was like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good job. But Mark. That's all right. Is that kind of like photo bombing a, a podcast, like in a way? It would be the exact equivalent okay. of photo bombing a podcast. Okay. Well, good. Well, hey, well, let's get to the let's get to Mert's interview with X Y Z person, or or I'm not sure exactly what what she's doing. We never know what's going on with Murph, but you know, you know, it's going to be great. Just Go Bike podcast listeners, a.k.a. Murph here with another edition of Just Go Bike. Today, I am here with Craig Cooper. Hey, Coop. Hey, Murph. How's it going? Good, good. Good to hear from you. Um, well, Craig is uh, an owner at Bikes to You in Grinnell, also one of our podcast sponsors. So thank you for that. You betcha. Yeah. I would say um, I've done quite a few bike rides with Coop. And I would also say, I'm sure others do too, that he's a bit of a bike whisperer. And I'm I'm guessing, <laughs> you know, you've been uh, owner of a bike shop for how many years? Like 20 some years? Yeah, we're uh, we're like in our 27th year, and I've I worked for another fellow for 12 years before that. So oh my gosh, yeah, pretty much all my life. <laughs> yeah, so I can be riding my bike next to Coop in the middle of nowhere, and I'll say things like. Coop, there's like a, a clicky thing when I when I do blah, blah, blah. And he'll be like, well, what do you mean when you do blah, blah, blah? And somehow you will get it out of me where the click's coming from, when it's happening. And then you'll look at me pedal for a few strokes and you'll be like, pull over. And then you'll make some sort of tiny adjustment. And then my bike is smooth sailing the rest of the day. So it's awesome to uh, bike with you. Well, thanks. Yeah. yeah that's... that's uh probably my only uh, my only gift. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true at all. <laughs> so, uh so last fall, we have all kinds of stuff we could talk about when it comes to Coop and you've been on the podcast a couple times, haven't you? I have. Yeah. yeah. So today you and Mark, yeah. Yeah, you and Mark, yeah. Um so last fall Craig took off on an epic adventure that included his bicycle, probably a hammock and Amtrak. So it was like a 45-day excursion. Um, he has some pretty cool stories from his trip, as well as great advice on packing for a self-supported trip. So why not bring him on the podcast one more time, right, Craig? Yeah. Well, hey, thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. It was it, kind of a unique experience, and it was fun. So. Yeah. Well, let's start out by um, maybe a little bit of background about you. Like, how did you get into bicycling, and then what prompted you to go all the way to the point where you were a bike shop? Uh, employee and then owner? Well, I'll just tell you, I started in the business like a lot of uh, people that are kind of my my age, if you will. Uh, I was a, a, a BMX rider. It was kind of back in the back in the late 70s, early 80s. BMX was really as probably as strong a fad in the bike industry as we've you know we've had so that's that's how i got into it actually was through um you know through bmx yeah and i hung out at a bike shop and uh you know what as hanging out at a bike shop i became a uh kind of just a rug rat if you will and before you know it i was changing tires and then the next thing you know it became my part-time job through high school and after graduating from college uh i went into the bike business and you haven't left. And I haven't left. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's get into last fall. You took a pretty cool trip using Amtrak, which I'm very curious about in itself. Um, but give us maybe some background as to uh, where you went on the trip, how the trip. You know, let's get into that. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, you know, I'd used Amtrak a couple of times to get to like Flagstaff so that I could ride my bike down to, down to Tucson, which is a favorite winter, you know, winter place to go. Mm -hmm. So I've done a couple of just like straight, you know, runs with Amtrak, but, um, 
a couple of years ago, Amtrak in, uh, instituted a roll-on program for for you know cyclists. And what roll-on means is exactly what it what it sounds like. You can, as long as you go to a baggage stop, you can roll your bicycle onto the train. You don't box it. You don't really have to do anything but kind of remove the loose peripherals of you know that are on the bike and you roll it right on the train and hang it up and go um yeah so it's super convenient and so i i kind of thought got to thinking okay i want to see all these cool places but i can't you know i don't have i don't have despite what all you all my pre-ride family thinks uh i don't have six months of leisure time to to, (laughs) to to go play so uh i um i i i thought i want to go to all these cool places and ride my bike but i can't you know you can't ride to glacier you can't ride to seattle in you know just a, a few you know a few days or a few weeks so uh i basically uh the empire builder uh runs across the kind of the northern tier of the of the midwest and west and and uh so i rode my bike up to lacrosse wisconsin um from from grinnell and jumped on the empire builder there um and then uh took the empire builder out to uh out to glacier and got off in east glacier and spent six days riding kind of in the greater glacier area Mm. um and uh the the cool thing was within uh within like seven minutes of getting off the train in east glacier uh i saw a grizzly bear oh my Um, gosh (laughs) and and i i I thought that it was pretty common up there but uh the the train station dude was like he was like super animated about it and was like (laughs) He was kind of, he's like, come on, we got to go look at this, you know, anyway. uh, And the interesting part of that is, so the way that I have uh, done the, or the way that I did this trip was uh, I used a a Bob, which is a, you know, rather than panniers, which is, you know, like the world's greatest debate. Do you use a Bob or do you Mm -hmm. use panniers? And a a Bob (laughs) is a trailer that you drag behind your bike. Told you absolutely uh-huh. yep yep so uh and i kind of have a custom bob um which means i got a hacksaw and i cut it in half and i had a good buddy dave huff um put some uh braise some couplers in it so that i can fold this bob down into a into a a, a bag that fits on an airline or oh. on, a, on an amtrak but but um Anyway, so I was sitting there and I was trying to decide, okay, do I do I walk all my stuff over to this hostel in East Glacier or do I put it all together and um, uh, and and ride ride over to it because it's just a short distance. And I I fortunately made the decision to put the trailer together because otherwise I was going to come face to face with this grizzly bear oh, <laughs> that was sauntering across the road. But <laughs> anyway, so that, that was the, kind of the, the first story there, but you know, um, and the thing with Amtrak too, is it just makes it so, you know, it's just, it's just so civilized compared to flying. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, you can't really be in a, hurry because if the train breaks down it's kind of like being at you know disney world with all the rides broken you know it's like it's like you know it's not much fun but um and i don't know that i've ever i don't think i've ever been on a train much less amtrak but is it like um uh, like an upscale version of a bus ride where you're stopping in multiple towns or is it just like a it goes 50 miles an hour and just goes yeah, I would call it, it, you know, upscale is a tough word to use, <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, I think it, you, you would probably classify it as one step above a bus for if you do coach seating. Okay. Uh, and I have a, I have a rule of thumb for uh, coach versus, uh, versus, versus sleeper. Um, and I should start by saying that I did this 45 day rail pass, which is really cool because you get 45 days to do your travel 
and which and you can get on and off the train 18 times oh. um, yeah so it's pretty flexible and and like all you do is call a number and say uh, I want to get on here or I want to get off at this place and you know it's really it's really uh, it's really pretty pretty flexible mm-hmm. but it is all coach seating um, and so the rule of thumb and you can upgrade to a sleeper. Um, which means you get a room by yourself. Um, but so what I, my, 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 my uh, kind of rule of thumb on upgrading to a sleeper is if for $10 an hour, <laughs> I can upgrade to a sleeper, I do. So for example, you know, if you're going to be on the train 17 hours and you can upgrade for $170, it's then mm-hmm. it's worth it. Yeah. That's just kind of, you know, it's kind of my my rule of thumb because you get you know you get a a private place to sleep and you get a shower in in the sleeper units ah. and then you also get food. So, so it's like a tiny miniature hotel room. Yeah, really tiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but it's it's still you know it's still better than waking up to some dude you know, sleeping and slobbering on you or something. Right. So So then uh, if you, okay, let's say you get, you're in your coach seat or your sleeper. um, Where's your bike? Is it in a different? Yeah, it's in a different place. So it, and, and, you know, I know for some bike enthusiasts, that's hard to leave your bike in a place that's, that, you know, that you can't kind of see it, but um, it usually goes, well, if you're west of the Mississippi, they usually go in a baggage car um, or the, the, the bike racks are in the baggage car. If you're east of the Mississippi, uh, they're sometimes in one of the uh, kind of one of the lower metro uh, cars. Oh, okay. uh, I've, I've, I've put my bike in, in both of them. Um, and, you know, the Amtrak employees in general are really, really super good people. Um, they've always been helpful. And, you know, I think it also goes with, you know, if, if you got a positive attitude about it, then they have a positive attitude about it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know that I'm not supposed to have ever been in a baggage car to help put my bike on the rack. But, you know, I have a stinking heavy bike and, and uh, you know, I when uh, you know a shorter stature person was trying to put it up in there i just jumped up and helped them and right. and they're you know they were totally cool with that so anyway it's um but it is in a separate place from you so you know it's like at the front of the right behind the engine okay okay so at least it's with you it's not like it's yeah know, on an airplane where you switch you know planes and you don't know if your bike's gonna come at least you know it's with you Absolutely. And every once in a while, like, if, you know, there's a long stop, I would walk up to the baggage car and stick my head in just to see that my bike was still hanging there. And yeah. It, of course, it always is. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So when you went on this 45-day um, excursion, um, I'm assuming you picked 45 days because that was your Amtrak pass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So did you have a plan mapped out or were you kind of like, you know, while you're sitting on the train for hours, you're like, you know what, I'm going to get off here and go here. Well, I, yeah, I kind of had a plan mapped out. I mean, mostly in and around places I wanted to ride or people that I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a good buddy that uh, drew acts that's uh, been a long time bike industry veteran that lives in Seattle. I wanted to hang out with him for a couple of days and r- ride around Seattle. So I knew I was headed headed there. And of course, that was the connector for the uh, uh, the starlight to go down California way. And my son is in Moab and I wanted to go to Moab too. And mm. anyway, yeah, just, I kind of had a general idea and, you know, I would, once I was kind of ready to get back on the train, I just booked the next leg and, um, and, and do that. Um, you know, you can, you can change stuff on the fly. It takes up like, so for example, as I was going down to California, I thought I would get off and do some wine country riding, which seemed a little tame and so i i was like i was thinking okay this might be a yawner so i at the last minute i i decided to go to san francisco and 
hang out and ride the Golden Gate and do all those things. And I I did that right on the train and switched. So, oh, nice. you know, and it, it, it cost me one one leg, but I, you know, I wasn't going to use all 18 legs anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's, it's pretty flexible. And, um, and you know, the, like I said, it, it, it worked, worked really well. So I jumped off the train in Emeryville and hung out there for a couple of days. Well, and you kind of mentioned a few, like, you know, your son's in Moab and you were in, um, San Francisco, but, um, do you have any favorite places that you visited? Well, you know, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, riding, so you can't just technically, you can't take the train to, to Moab. And matter of fact, you have to either get off in Salt Lake city or grand junction, Colorado, because those are the baggage stops. Um, but the, I, so I chose to get off in grand junction and ride kind of back toward Moab. And, you know, there's a reason (laughs) <laughs> that that Moab is you know like a, a, a you know a destination as far as for cyclists goes because it's it's absolutely spectacular mm-hmm. um, and the riding from Grand Junction you end up riding down the Colorado River uh, uh, you know right along the river for I, I can't recall at this time but 30, 30 miles or so nice. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it, it is, the scenery is so spectacular. It, it, it's all, you know, it almost, it's like emotionally kind of overwhelming. So it was very, very cool. That's awesome. And, um, you know, this goes without saying, but since you're jumping on and off the train, you know, here and there, you were completely self-supported. I, I was, yep. I had all of my, all of my stuff with me. The only thing I, you know, I do not, um, uh, I mean, I have, you know, like power bars or, you know, I have energy bars and, and stuff to make coffee, but it's not like I'm making meals on the road, um, you know, and then I do camp most of the time. Uh, although I opted for a cabin after I saw the grizzly bear, (laughs) um, uh, was your gear, uh, bear proof? (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, so uh, um, the you know the thing is, is I I use a hammock rather than a tent, mm-hmm. uh, and I found out that they um, uh, affectionately uh, that they affectionately call uh, hammocks bear burritos. Oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I thought, oh, you know, there's ca- the national park cabins are pretty cheap. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's, you know, that's kind of the extent of, uh, you know, and like if I'm rem- like remote camping, um, you know, you can take, you know, you grab something at a, at a grocery store that's going to last for 24 hours and, you know, meats and cheeses. I'm a big charcuterie guy, you know? Yeah. Yes, I do know. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's, yeah. When you're looking at, um, self-supported, you kind of, you know, made reference at the beginning when we were talking about, um, paneers or the Bob trailer, um, I'm only paneers. I don't even have a trailer that I would think about dragging behind me. It sounds terrible, but it obviously worked for you. So, like, give us some uh, advice on packing. Well, yeah, you know, so I, I think whether you pack for panniers or or a bob, you know, the beauty of, of panniers is that, you you know, you got – you got one thing to be responsible for, you know, because, you know, presumably everything's hanging on your bike and, right. you know, as long as your bike's with you, you're, you're, you're golden. Um, and with the, with the panniers, which I've, I've done both by the way. And, you know, with panniers, um, you know, especially as, you know, as the mind ages, you know, you kind of go, now, which bag did I put? Oh gosh. Yes. That, you know, and, and, a, and a great, I don't know if you do this, but a great tip for, you know, for bag touring is, you know, the, when you've packed, 
the very, you know, when you do your final pack is to always take a postcard and put in the top of the pannier what's in that pannier, mm. you know? So like if your jar of peanut butter is at the bottom of the front left pannier, you know, you kind of want to know that. And you, you know, you have a postcard where you put all, all you know, all that stuff uh, in there. So with the, but with the Bob, of course, you've got this one giant big waterproof bag. Um, and, you know, you can kind of just throw everything, you know, everything in there. Um, I have had people, I've had customers actually tell me that they can tell when their Bob isn't loaded evenly. Oh. Um, I've never been able to discern that, but, you know, I, I've, I've heard that as a complaint. Um, but, you know, for me, it's just like, you know, kind of throw throw everything in there. Um and, you know, so I, and I'm not, I'm not really sold one way or the other. I think that the Bob probably allows you to take more stuff than, than you, than you need. And, you know, the old adage of bicycle touring is take half as much stuff <laughs> and twice as much money. <laughs> 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 and it usually takes me about three or four days into every trip to go, oh, yeah. Why do I have <laughs> I <should>. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I definitely, uh, especially when I'm doing like the long seven-day tours where I'll pack everything and then I'll challenge myself to take out 20% and not take it. And that's such an emotional like, oh, but what if I need three pairs of flip-flops at some point <laughs> in my trip? Right. And then... You know, and then, of course, you finish the trip and you're like, I didn't even use at least 10% of my stuff. So then you're like, okay, next year I got to get better. But, yeah, I, I love the postcard idea where, you know, instead of, I mean, I don't know how many times you unpack and repack the top of your, you know, pannier because you're like, I'm pretty sure it's in this one. And then you zip this and you unzip this. And then, yeah, good I, good tip. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the I, I'm with you on that whole thing. I probably... I don't know where it was at. I, I sent like literally like 15 pounds of stuff home, <laughs> you know, like, like, I, and, and it's a little bit hard, you know, as a, as a bike mechanic, because, you know, you th you're like, yeah, but if I run into somebody that needs a crank puller, I could help them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and, and so you, you know, that's, it's hard to, for me, it's hard to, to thin down my, my, you know, my toolkit too. But, right. um, also I, I kind of realized, uh, you know, I didn't need, I, I took a lot of warm weather gear and, you know, you, you just, well, you don't need three sets of warm weather gear when you're on a trip like that. Mm -hmm, so. Mm -hmm. yeah. so how did you decide what to bring? Were you like, did you look ahead, you know, cause you're probably in all different kinds of weather if you're going across the country. Yeah. Well, you know, I think after you do it a few times and, and I, I suppose most people are, are like this, you know, I have a favorite like base layer mm -hmm. that I'd, I'll, I, if, you know, I will wear that unless I've, you know, like spilled ketchup on the front of it. I will, <laughs> you right. know, I'm going to, I'm going to wear that, you know, first. Um, and you know, there's, I guess there's definitely pieces that cross over. So for example, like, um, you know, I, I use a, a, a super light marmot rain jacket, um, which I always have on my bicycle. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that rain jacket serves as a rain jacket, but also if you combine that with, with a, you know, a super lightweight down, down jacket you know you essentially end up with a you know with a parka yeah. um and and when you don't use the down jacket as a jacket you can use it as a pillow you know mm -hmm. for when you're snoozing on the amtrak mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> all makes sense yeah so you you know you, you get those pieces that do Mul you know, like multi-function yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i've used i've actually used uh, woolly bully 
socks as mittens before. So, <laughs> I mean, because, you know, when your hands get really cold and you're, you know, you're like, okay, I need, I need a mitten rather than a glove. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you throw, throw a pair of so, uh, woolly bullies on and, you know, they do double duty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, based on your vast experience, uh, both as bike shop owner, bike mechanic, and world traveler via bicycle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, have you gone out outside of the United States on a bike? Uh, not in a, not in a uh, self-supported way. I did a, I would, uh, April and I did a truck travel to Italy a few years ago, Ooh. which was, yeah, that was, that was kind of the antithesis of self-supported, but it and was, it was fabulous. I mean, but. You know, it didn't, and I'm trying to think about all the uh, meat and cheeses that you had in Italy. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, okay. So, uh, any advice for someone thinking about doing a self-supported ride for the first time, minus minus grizzly bears? Yeah, you know. So, I think one of the things that I would uh, that I you know I would recommend is is that you know a lot of people are I, I guess somewhat fearful about you know just things like where are you going to get water you know and 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 it's i don't know how many you know if you travel even by car in this country you don't you know you can't hardly go 50 miles anywhere in the u.s without running into a convenience store right um and i've gone across the desert uh in southern california and there to be sure there's some expanses of of places where there aren't services but you know that's when you buy the gallon jug of water mm -hmm. and you know kind of strap it to your to your bike so long story short is is you know just get out there and do it and i mean if if you want to dabble in it you know pick pick three days to do on the katie trail you know, um, and, and just say, I'm going to leave my car here and I'm going to ride, you know, a day and a half this direction and a day, you know, back. I mean, that's a great way to kind of, kind of, you know, test your, you know, test your, 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 uh, you know, pension for, for trying something like that. Sure, so, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, beyond that, you know, it's, I think the other thing is that I probably the thing that comes to my mind is I'm always a little bit I'm not worried about the road surface per se because the bike that I ride I feel like I can ride gravel or whatever but um, I do you know I do kind of pay attention to traffic you know like okay am I going to be on a road that's like crazy, crazy busy or right. you know that kind of Oh, is that so, Naz? Oh, that's actually uh, somebody dropped off a, a, a puppy just a few minutes oh. to go <laughs> to the bike shop, which is occasionally what happens at bike shops <laughs> in the wintertime. So you can rent a bike or you can drop off your puppy. Yeah, yeah, rent, rent a bike or bring a puppy and leave it. So, <laughs> um, And you've had, I mean, we've all had... Uh, you know, interesting, um, close calls with cars. And I know you've had, gosh, more than your fair share. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm knock on wood. I feel very fortunate that I've never, well, I haven't been hit in the last 35 years. I was, I was hit uh, when I was, uh, 15 years old and, uh, I was pretty fortunate, but that I, that I only had, a broken leg and some minor injuries, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I mean, that's the, there, there's always those, uh, those times. And, and, you know, sometimes it's that the, the most frustrating, uh, you know, you, you're in the moment of a, you know, kind of a beautiful time. Uh, uh, this, on this last trip, I was, I was down in South of Moab in Monument Valley. Um, and it's like, you know, you can see for like, I don't know, 30 miles or something oh, crazy like that. Beautiful. Um, yeah. I mean, if you've never been to Monument Valley, it's where Forrest Gump like stops running. Oh, okay. That's that scene where he's like, I think I'll go home now or right. whatever. Uh, uh, so, I mean, and it's just like incredibly beautiful. This is, you know, you can see forever. And, you know, you have this 
you know, double bottom semi come by and, you know, give you like eight inches and there's, there's you know, there's, there's not another car for miles and, and you're like, really? You couldn't (laughs) slip over, you know, one to scare the living daylights out of me. So, um, yeah, that's, that's probably my, you know, the thing that is my biggest gig, but you know, you just, you that's part of the risk of life, I guess. Yeah, that's, yeah, well said, well said. Um, well, how do you see bicycling continuing to fit, fit in your future? Well, you know, so I, I you know, I think everybody kind of, you know, that rides, does touring and that kind of thing begins to develop a bucket list. And, you yeah. know, the sad thing is, is there's, you know, there's lots of places to go and and not nearly as enough time um you know i think probably one of my next places that i want to do is i would like to bike the big island in hawaii oh. um i don't i don't think it's it doesn't sound like it's a really super physical feat as such because it's only like 200 and depending on how you, depending on how you go like 250 270 miles but you know there's from you know what i've told there's just you know all kinds of beautiful vistas and you know things to see and that kind of thing so um that's that's kind of on my on my bucket list i you know i i'd like to finish the southern tier route at some point um i did part of it and like to do that um i you know there's there's lots of places that would be just fun and i think the you know the other thing is is that it that's the great thing about touring it doesn't have to be epic right um because you know it it comes down to like the experience of what you get to see and the people you get to meet you know it it's not like i mean i i respect people that do epic rides but that's that's not necessarily the point of touring right yeah and you can find adventure even leaving your front door and just going 50 miles one way. I mean, it's absolutely. I mean, so, although hopefully, you know, you're not going to see bears and there's like (laughs) a story in the news lately about a mountain lion and a guy. Oh, it's just crazy stuff, but it is, it is what it is. Yep. And you know, that's, I think that those, uh, you know, those encounters are pretty rare Mm -hmm. that, you know, it does. I'm not saying that, you shouldn't take precaution and, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, um, you, you, I ran into people. I actually saw two grizzly bears and one mountain lion while I was in Glacier that six, that six day period. But, and, and I had people say, you know, like when I was talking to them, they said, well, we've been up here seven times and never seen anything, you know? (laughs) So, you know, I, I don't, um, uh, you know, you, you just, it's just one of those things by chance, but, um, and then of course it wasn't the, all of those scenarios were, you know, not, I guess I wouldn't call them dangerous. Right. Yeah. You were probably closer to a coffee shop than you were to (laughs) (laughs) having, having, uh, the bear having you for dinner. (laughs) That's, that's, that's right. Yeah, and, and also, you know, when it's the unknown, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I think that people that live in those environments, you know, they're they have a a, a proportionate amount of caution, you know, sure. and where if you're, you know, if you're from if you're from Iowa and you go out there and you're like, you know, then you're kind of out of proportionally freaked out about a grizzly bear. Right. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, do you have anything on your uh, list this year for as far as uh, biking adventures, even if they're small? Well, uh, you know, I do. I mean, obviously, you know, we'll do the pre-ride and kind of check out, uh, check out the, the, the route and do the route inspection. That's always, that's always great fun. And I think we, we provide a valuable service there. And then um, my current plan is in October is to hit, hit the Hawaii Ooh, this uh, year. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, late, late October, um, and to, to take that in. Um, so that's, that's kind of on my radar. I do, I do want to get back down, um, 
so I, I hadn't been to the Root River Trail for years, but when I when I did started this trip, I actually spent a day, kind of a, a day and a half on the Root River, and that was kind of fun because it's you know I have to worry about cars and you meet lots of yeah. people. Yeah. But uh, I do want to hit the Katy Trail again. It's been a couple three years since I've been down there, and you know I don't know. Have you been down there and done the whole yeah. music scene and yeah, yeah i've done the katie trail several times and um it's down in missouri it's a would you call it a limestone trail maybe yeah shale um, compacted shale yeah trail just and... beautiful and there's definitely some distance between towns but um really friendly i i love that area yeah so i i think i'll probably you know do a long long weekend or something and try to take in uh take in that again just because it's it's been it's been a while and it's something that you know customers ask questions about so yeah yeah well good well i look forward to uh hearing more about your stories as we get through spring and summer and maybe we'll get rid of the ice sometime soon here in iowa right absolutely i'm ready i'm ready for some some uh some sunshine and warmer weather yes that's for sure. yes me too well thank you so so much for coming on the podcast today well thanks for having me it's uh it's always fun to talk bikes and yeah and that kind of thing and uh yeah i i've enjoyed it i appreciate yeah. it hey what's your website in case people want to check out your shop Oh, absolutely. It's bikes com, and it's spelled out just like it sounds, B-I-K-E-S-T-O-Y-O-U.com. So. Sounds awesome. Yep. All right. Well, listeners, I leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of morphology. This quote comes from the law of observation. Nothing looks as good close up as it does from far away. Think about it. Okay, we've come to the end of another edition of the Just Go Bike Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. As always, listening to the sultry voice of TJ Mark of Ragbri and Iowa Bike Coalition fame. And this podcast could not be possible without the amazing support of some of those spectacular sponsors. And who who are those sponsors, Mark? I think Iowa City and its curious surrounding communities. Bikes to you, one of the best bike shops and uh, charter groups on Ragbri. Uh, check out Bikes to You in Grinnell. And then finally, Primal Wear. If you're looking for custom bike jerseys, shorts, or apparel, call the gang over at Primal Wear. Let them know that the Jesco Bike Podcast sent you and check out what they got for your team. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great sponsors. I mean, just uh, all of them have just been spectacular to work with over, over time. And if you're not subscribed to this podcast, make sure you check it out. You, you know, Spotify, uh, I, I believe iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, I, you know, there's the list is mm-hmm. just about endless. So, so check us out. And you know, if you, if, if you don't subscribe, you might miss one. And you really don't want to do that. So, um, so check us out. And if you got a you know comment, suggestion, uh, an idea for another podcast, shoot us a note, and uh, we'd we'd love to hear from you. Um, I know I want to just give a little shout out to our, our buddy Steve Cannon, who's who's over there um, on the frozen tundra, and you know just uh, you know everyone's pulling for you, Steve, you know, you're, you're our hero to, to actually even attempt, you know, to, to get to the starting line is, is spectacular, but, um, we wish you all the best out there, uh, as he goes across the Iditarod trail invitational. You know, you want to check out something cool, check out Steve's Instagram and then check out Dave Mabel's Instagram because they're following the race. Dave's like in a bush plane above Steve as he's, he's <laughs> riding along. I mean, some amazing photos out there in Alaska. Oh, wow. So uh, uh, you can follow along. They're doing regular posts. Yeah, just uh, all the best. Hey, stay safe out there. You know, guys, you don't have to worry about the bears too much. But, you know, just, just watch everything else out there. Well, we come to the end. So, Mark, is there any words of wisdom? to leave people with we got smooth ice all over the place we've got frigid temps any any you know you got pogey lights any words of advice for folks you know i 
at this point, you were watching. Everybody's watching the weather and looking for good times to bike, and and uh, it's gonna be here. Give us a co- give it a couple weeks, and this is stuff is gonna stop start melting. So, um, the end is almost near. So brace yourself. Spring is coming. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.